Hello nerds and welcome to this episode where I'm going to talk about two of my favorite authors, fantasy authors, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, both absolutely hilarious and wonderful storytellers. Also, I know that I have the habit of talking way too fast, so I'm going to try and not do that this time. And I'm going to start with Pratchett's, Dis Pratchett's Discworld series. I've already read this series in German back then, when I was young, decades ago. I'm not that old, but it feels like it's been a long time since then. Anyway, I've been rereading this series, this time in English, and I love it just as much as I used to when I was young. This series plays on the Discworld, bet you'd never have guessed that which is being carried by four giant elephants who are in turn carried by the giant star turtle Great Atwin. On this world all kinds of creatures exist. Trolls, dwarves, dragons, elves, fairies, even the tooth fairy. Death, who is a lovely guy, the death of rats, Santa and, of course, magic. Really surprising. Beyond Xena University is the building in which the wizards study and you'd think that they know how to handle things and that they are wise and stuff. Not those wizards. They are a little chaotic and don't really know how to handle situations but they still somehow manage to do things correctly. One of those withers in this world is Rincewind, master of chaos. He has a great talent in turning small problems into major disasters. The entire Discworld series can be split into smaller miniseries, and I'm gonna tell you a little bit about some of my favorites, starting with the wizard Rincewind. It all begins in the city of Moorpork, a city that is mostly built on itself. Instead of excavating the flooded buildings, the citizens simply built their new homes on top of the already existing ones. Well, now there are many unknown basements beneath the city and even a cave network made up of old streets and abandoned sewers. Through the city there goes a river, the River Ankh. The most polluted waterway on this world. And it is only called a river because it moves a little bit faster than the banks. It has been said that this particular river is the only river where cops can draw, like actually draw, a chalk outline of a corpse. Lovely. Anyway, back to Rincewind. In his first book he's hired as a guide to the naive tourist Two Flower. In Two Flower's hometown, Gold is quite common, thus he is quite rich compared to the citizens of Moorpork. Rincewind tries to flee with his advance payment for agreeing to be the guide, but he is captured again and is then forced to protect Two Flower, since his death would have pretty negative impacts like an invasion of the Agitian Empire, that's where Two Flower is from. Shortly after that, Two Flower is kidnapped. Rincewind comes to the rescue together with the luggage, an indestructible, enchanted, and sentient chest 
which has quite a lot of legs. A lot of legs. More than a centipede, probably. They escape and travel towards the city of Krum and experience many adventures. Adventures that are actually the subject of a board game played by the gods of this world. How fun! Have your life be the subject of a board game played by gods? That can only be completely safe! And that's the first book of Rincewind's new series. I can only recommend this miniseries, honestly. It's just so much fun to watch Rincewind trying to not have any adventures. And then in the end he has he is the one who has to save the world, cause he just there is no way around it and he keeps getting into those situations where he should die actually, but he keeps escaping death in the most hilarious ways and I absolutely love it. I can only recommend this series, honestly. <laughs> On to the next book with one of my other favorite characters, Death. Death is very fascinated with humans and thus attempts to emulate their behavior, even though he doesn't really understand them. While there is a certain lack of emotion due to his job and his anatomy, considering he is a skeleton, he's actually pretty passionate about life. He's incapable to forget anything except how the mind moves in chests and how to get drunk. He does learn the latter one at some point. Death had an apprentice, Mort, and an adopted daughter, Isabel, who later got married to each other and left him to become the Duke and Duchess of Stowhallet. Death sometimes visits his granddaughter, Susan, and she sometimes has to help him out with his job. Other than that, Death lives alone with his manservant Albert, the death of rats, his horse Binky, and every now and then Quoth the Talking Raven. One of my favorite books where he is the main character is Reaper Man. It's not the first book in the series, but it's fine, really. You don't necessarily need to read it in order. Death is missing, which leads to a certain amount of chaos, as you can expect when such an important public service suddenly stops working. There are now a lot of ghosts and poltergeists filling up this world, and the dead rights activist Rakshu has now a lot more work to do. That rhymed. Anyway. Not only ghosts are roaming around the world. The newly deceased wizard Windle Poons wakes up in his coffin and now it is up to Windle and the members of Ant Morprog's group of undead to save the world for the living. They aren't your typical zombies and supernatural beings, by the way. They're not scary version of the ones you see in other media, usually. There is, for example, Arthur Winkings, became a vampire after he was being bitten by a lawyer. Schlepper, the bogeyman, would be better at his job if he wasn't agoraphobic and too scared to come out of the closet. There's also a banshee with a speech impediment and instead of standing on the roof and screaming, there's a death in the house, he writes wee 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 on a piece of paper and pushes it under the, under the door. Totally understandable, I really relate to this person. By the way, if I sound a little bit shaky or something, it's just because my brother, he is in a metal band and they just put out their first song and I'm kind of really excited and I love the song <laughs> a lot, so I'm just kind of really happy for him and stuff, so it just kind of... I forgot how to talk, which is not good. Anyway, 
If you want to listen to it, because it's actually good, I'm surprised. No, I'm not. That was a joke. Anyway, um, you can just on YouTube look up um, Savage Lethal Weapons and then you're gonna find it. It's really good, you're gonna love it. Anyway, meanwhile, on a little farm, far, far, far away, a tall stranger with his incredible creative name, Bill Dorr, is surprisingly good with a Skype. But why? No one could ever guess. But it does not matter. There's a harvest to be harvested and a battle to be fought, and ideally one. Bill Dorr, who is definitely not dead, is trying to get the most out of his life and throughout the story he learns how to become drunk, how to make friends, just be really bad at darts, that's basically it, and about the satisfaction of hard work. This is one of the funniest of precious novels and I've read this one many times already. It's just really Death is such an awkward guy and it's so much fun to try to watch him try to be human. It's it the best. I really I can only recommend his all of his books basically. Pratchett, this world series, if you love fantasy, read it. It's amazing. Next I'm gonna talk about one of the most chaotic lots in the board book. The Night Watch. It starts with a plan of a secret brotherhood. They meet up in the middle of the night to plan to overthrow the patrician of Angmorpork and replace him with a puppet king under the control of the supreme grandmaster, the patrician secretary, Lupin Wongs. By the way, sorry for mispronouncing any names. I'm my English is my first language, so sorry. Anyway, to realize their plans even further. They use a stolen magic book to summon a dragon in order to put the people of Ankh-Morpork in a suitable state of terror and panic. Just enough that the Supreme Grandmaster can propose to put forth an heir to his throne, who will then slay the dragon and rid the city of the devastation this mighty dragon has brought upon the city. It is now the task of the Night Watch to stop them with a new volunteer, Carrot Aaron who definitely is not a dwarf and definitely was not adopted, who also knows the law by heart and actually tries to stop crime. He even tried to arrest a thief who had a license. Something you don't do in Nagmorpork. Thieves can steal stuff when they have a license. Carrot certainly has to learn a thing or two, but the first, there are few actually bad people to catch and defeat. But it is not only the Watch who are looking for the criminals. The librarian of the Unseen University, an Orang Utan, is also desperately and murderously looking for the group of evildoers to get the stolen book back. Never steal a book from a library. Never steal a book from a librarian. Especially when the librarian is an Orang Utan. The book is funny, chaotic, and thrilling throughout. Also, it has dragons. Must I give more arguments for you to read it? I surely hope not. The next book I'd like to recommend is Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Another fantastic and hilarious author. The book starts with Richard Mayhew, a young businessman who recently moved from Scotland and with a quite normal life ahead. However, 
That stops when he helps a mysterious, bleeding and weakened girl on his way to have dinner with his fiancée and her boss. The next day the girl, named Dor, is recovered and asks him to find Marquise de Carabas. I hope I didn't butcher that name completely. If I did, sorry. I, I probably did. Anyway, he now needs to find this man who will be able to help Dor escape from... Assassins. Sounds great. Never help anyone who's bleeding on the street. Richard finds that guy and after he brings him back to the girl, they both disappear immediately. After those strange happenings, he seems to be invisible to everyone. No one recognizes him at work, his apartment is rented out to other people and his fiancée has no idea who he is either. If the book played in the Marvel Universe, it would probably have been Doctor Strange who erased Richard's existence. But since it doesn't have any connection with Marvel and Richard isn't Spider-Man, there has to be another explanation. Maybe. Maybe, just maybe the girl and the guy he met earlier. Well, regardless. Richard wants to find the cause to this. What else could he possibly do, to be honest? No one recognizes him, but he's still physically there. If he was at least completely not there and really invisible, that wouldn't be too bad. He could just screw with so many people, break into a library, read all the books, scare away everyone. That would, that would be nice. I'd love to be invisible sometimes. Anyway, as he tries to enter the world of the London below, he meets a person who actually sees him. Good news! Maybe. That person brings Richard to the world of rat speakers, who worship and perform tasks for rats. They first try to rap Richard, but the master rat ordered them to let him free. What a kind rat. Now, not at risk of being robbed and possibly murdered, he keeps on looking for Dor and he finds her eventually. And the real adventure starts. This is one of my favorite books and if I remember correctly, this was also the first book of Neil Gaiman I've read. Absolutely fantastic with such lovable characters and a heartwarming ending with a little grain of pain, but mostly heartwarming. Also, another book I'd love to recommend is Good Omens, a book written by both of these amazing authors. I've already talked about this book in a prior episode, but I can't recommend it often enough. There you go, and I can't promise that I won't do it again. But really, both these authors are already absolutely fantastic on their own. But together, they're an unstoppable force and just incredibly hilarious and just fun and ah, it's so good. I have no words. It's just read it. It's good. Anyway, <laughs> that's the end for now. There's gonna be more next month. And more after that. Until then, have a nice day, night or whatever. Goodbye and see you next month. No wait, not see you next month. Hear you next, well no, you wait. I don't hear you, but you hear me. Until next month, bye.